In the fast-paced world we live in, finding moments of stillness and self-reflection can be a rare luxury. Here in TIK Radio, The Lay Show with the Moon is a supportive show, an empathic environment for sharing, listening, and connecting with others on a deep emotional level. It is like your sanctuary for mindfulness, personal growth, and thoughtful exploration. Join us in this welcoming sanctuary where vulnerability is celebrated and authenticity. The show is where real people share their real experiences, thoughts, and feelings. Our mission is to foster empathy, inspire resilience, and create a sense of community in a world that sometimes feels disconnected. TIK Radio aims to provide a supportive and inclusive platform where people can openly express themselves and share their experiences. We would like to build a sense of community through the power of storytelling. Hello? Monica Susana. Hello? TRK Radio. That's right. Uh huh. So, but yet, Osbergers, they're prone to tantrums and. You know, they get upset and this and that. And, you know, basically, most of them really need a routine. They need things a certain way. They need to know that this is going to be a certain way. Exactly. And and then if it's not, it takes them out of their comfort zone. And then, you know, then you got a problem. Yes. That's actually what happens oh. in ho- at home. We're so structured that, you know, she can if she goes out of the structure, you know, there's chaos for her. Her her world falls, you know, and she will come back to me and she says, "I don't know what would I do if I don't have you because you structure my day so good." I said, "Well, you need to start. You know, there's there's ways for you to understand how you can structure." And she's starting, you know, to structure. Her days, but you know it's it's a process, and it's been like that. My my whole life has been structured by that, and that's a blessing. That's my you know that's like you said before. I have a lot of a lot of work to do. But you you can never give up. No, this this is your this is your calling. This is why you. so there's one thing I didn't understand about the when they call it a, a spectrum. Um, so my oldest is autistic. He's 27. Um, we got him through school. He's now doing doing quite well in uh, I don't know what uh, what is it human resources. Um, 
where he works. Uh, he, he does headhunting for for companies, and then so. But he is, you know, they, it's a spectrum. But every one of them is very, very different, and they all have unique skills and unique challenges that come along with them. My nephew is four years old. He spends eighty percent of his time at our house. Um, he is uh, a totally different animal than than my son was, um, it, at least at that age. Uh, his the way that he he thinks is is no is, is it's not even the same. Um, he thinks in terms of sounds. So when he's having a conversation with you, he'll make a sound that means what he's trying to, you know, if it's a cat, he won't say cat. He'll just say meow. He'll, he'll make the sound. Oh, yeah. um, okay. So, I mean, for a long time we thought he was, he was non-vocal. Uh, but come to realize that it, this is just the way that he's learning how to talk. Um, you know, and it, and it can be a challenge, uh, <laughs> you know, as a grown-up, because uh, we tend to think that we're just we're dealing with something, or we're we just got to get through this uh, through this hurdle. You know, and for them, it, it's 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 life, right? Correct. Like this is this is just how they're they're learning how to deal with life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, you were asking about the spectrum, the difference of the spectrum, and you were oh, not yeah. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I, I've never understood why anybody would call it a spectrum when there, there's no, there's no baseline for any of it. Um, well, I, as you, you, you can't say, well, this is this is where normal is, and then here's where someone fits on on this on this graph, uh, and it, it's it's never worked like that in, in any of the kids that I've dealt with. Not dealt with, but had interactions with. I, I I agree, but it's it's it. Spectrum is basically a a, a graph, okay, and it, and and it's it's just a way for psychologists to you know test them and try to pigeonhole them in a certain way to say, okay, this is where they're at um, as far as less severe to more severe. Correct. Correct. And if you, I don't know if, I bet the gentleman that was just talking saw the movie Rain Man. Did you ever see Rain Man? I haven't seen the movie. Uh Uh-uh. It's with Tom Cruise and Dustin. Yeah, but that was dealing with uh, with a different. That was dealing with uh, someone who was uh, a bit of a had like savantism, which is similar to autism. Called idiots, idiot savants, idiot savants, meaning they were completely idiots, but savants like ingenious, mm-hmm. but idiots. You know, they were, they were, I mean, and they've got all these studies on, and that's at the end of the spectrum, okay? If if you want to put it on a, spectrum's just a word, 
okay? And it's, I think it's, it's like an umbrella, days. right? That's why it's called Spectrum, because it's so different for everyone. It's not, it, it, right? It, it, it's, it's to try and encompass an, an, an affliction, okay? It's, you're trying to encompass an affliction in a spectrum. So in that spectrum, you're trying to figure out, you know, how severe or less severe um, their affliction is. So the spectrum is, where are they at? Uh-huh. So, you know, um, there's a lot of people out there that are completely undiagnosed that are very low on the spectrum. And that's what They're I the think ones. they call phenotype. Well, in Mexico, it's called phenotypos, associated phenotypes associated within the spectrum. Well, and, and, and a lot of times, you know, I think we use the term introverted. But like my, my niece, um, um, she's very introverted and... Um, when you were talking, somebody was saying something about instead of saying cat, they'd meow or whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. When, when she was young, she used to drive me crazy because she would hop around and act like a frog. And I, and she's brilliant. She got a full ride academic to Notre Dame. She's a sophomore year there at Notre Dame. Full ride. Brother, My brother didn't have to pay for a dime. She's, she went to the National Spelling Bee, um, and she is on the spectrum for sure. If there is a spectrum. Is she diagnosed? Know. She's not diagnosed, right? No, okay. because my brother refuses to believe it. And that's the thing is I think the spectrum was just someone was trying to figure out what to tell somebody. And so they just said, well, he's on this autistic spectrum, right? And so they just came up with a term kind of off the top of their head as opposed to actually, you know, going through the process of, of saying, no, well, he's, he's autistic and obviously verbal, so we're going to do that. And, um you know, they, they have some social skills or some social issues, so we're going to work on that. Um, it's just kind of a way of clumping everybody together as opposed to actually dealing with uh, well, here, here, here's something going into the specifics. Here's something to consider. Are you guys still there? Yeah, we're here. He's there. He just muted because at work. Here, but he's here's listening. something to consider. Yeah, yeah no, I, I moved. Something to consider. All of us, when it comes to the human condition, we're all on the spectrum. <laughs> Every single one of us. Yes. <laughs> we're just all unique in different ways, you know? And we got we to gotta help each other and our strengths and our weaknesses. Correct. You know? Uh-huh. And... You know, that's the bottleneck that I see flowing right now with the pharmaceutical industry making so much money like, well, 
put them on this medication, exactly. or put them on that exactly. medication. Exactly. And, 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 and it's such a bad thing to do. Um, unless they're schizophrenic or something, but, um, but that's a whole different thing from autism. Um, autistic people are, if, if you can relate to them, they're really good to sit down and, and have a conversation with once they feel comfortable with you. Uh-huh. Because you find out the human mind is so complex. And then they, it, once they start to trust you and know that you're genuine and wanting to speak with them, you know, wow. And I think that's the medicine right there. Be present for it's them. How, yes, be present for them. It's how, it's how they're treated. Uh-huh. And the more they're treated with kindness and love and understanding, the more they can come out of their proverbial shell and and fit in. And this society sucks, by the way. But, you know, just do, do better. We'll, we'll figure this out. And we're going to figure it out because... There's just too many misconceptions on how we view people and we want to pigeonhole them and we want to label them mm-hmm. and we want to, mm-hmm. do you understand what I'm yes, saying? Yes, I understand what you're saying. Yes. And nobody, you know, everyone's created equal, but nobody's the same. We're like snowflakes. No two snowflakes are the same. So your children they're, they're, you never know. You just never know. So never give up hope. Give them love. Give them encouragement. And I know it's a challenge. Yes. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's got to be a huge challenge for you. But, you know, it's been very um, interesting because Robert mentioned um, how he started seeing um the behavior of his first child versus, you know, his nephew. And I think God prepared me back in um, when I started doing my, my spiritual way of, of relating to people. When I work with this abused and abandoned children before even marry or have my daughter, I all the children that were abandoned and abused on the streets that we recover, you know, we kind of do the orphanage and the school in Mexico, all the the kids, most of the kids were autistic, you know. So I started having my point of reference and how to deal with, you know, every single scenario. And I was put in a, in a lot of challenges back then. They were not even my kids. And I started, you know, connecting how there were um, the speech patterns, you know, that Robert was mentioning about repeating just echolalia, that's that's what it's called, you know, the sounds of it and helping them to stimulate those those challenges in, in their sensory, you know. Um, Auditory. Yes, exactly, exactly. So I started having all this experience 
through these 82 kids that we, you know, rescue from the streets. And then, then my daughter came, you know, and I was blessed. And that's what I said. And I'm grateful. And I think God prepared me for this because I, I don't see any other way I was going to be able to. And I'm not trying to say that we can eradicate autism, but I did eradicate most of the behaviors that my daughter was having at the, you know, at the beginning of the age between zero and four, because I started early stimulating you and, and doing yeah, things. Yep. That's, uh, that's exactly what we're doing right now. Um, and it's only because I was, I went through it with my son that I was able to recognize some of the behaviors that are going on now. Uh-huh. Uh, as well as the ones that I, I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason I was able to see those. Um, and and I think you're right when it comes to, like, God having a hand in it. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows we're all going to have challenges. And and, if, and if you pay attention, you'll you'll have the ability to, uh, to walk through it. You know, because I already know that uh, my nephew's mom and dad – they're not dealing with it. Exactly. Like they're they're off doing their thing. They've got, uh, you know, they, they've got their drinking and they've got their drugging that they're doing, and he's just kind of stuck in the middle. And and I wouldn't be there had it not for the fact that that I'd already been through something similar. And that's great that he has you. You know, that's the the blessing of it. That's the blessing of it. You sound you sound like a pretty strong man. Yes, Robert. Yes. Oh, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> you know, two sixty. You know, what are you going to do? Six foot? Yeah. No. <laughs> Blue collar. You know, came, nobody I gets came. to talk down to me. That kind of crap. Well, I came home from the military, and you know, I got the labels too, and yeah, uh, and. Uh, Bipolar one with rapid cycling, hypervigilancy. You know, they just want to shove a bunch of pills down my throat. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I, I didn't do any of the military, and I was I was poor growing up, so I was just a punk. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't. I wasn't diagnosed with anything. It was just just a punk kid. Well, I, I got I I joined up in the Air Force at seventeen because I thought that was safe. And I was in Air Force seven in special operations out of Herbert Field as an air commando doing high altitude jumps. And uh, oh yeah, I, I I heard you talking to Russ about it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you know, uh. A lot, of, a lot of stuff went down in Central America that in the late 80s that I swear one day the lid's going to be blown off that. I mean, we already know that we were running drugs and guns down there. But, um, you know, I thought I was going to wear a blue suit. Um, I was told not to get any tattoos. My, my uniform had nothing on it. It was known as sterilized. And, you know, I was pretty good for two and a half, almost three decades. And I don't know. Um, I started having nightmares and stuff and, and, and things started coming back. It's, it's almost like in the men in black where they 
deneuralize you. I think they did something to me. They gave me one last shot before I got out, and I didn't know where I was for two weeks after I got out. They were pissed because I wouldn't re-enlist. And uh, now I'm st- and now I remember, and uh, you know I've got it. I've got a support group with the VA and all that, but you know I got to walk around with labels. Mm-hmm. You know, all my family treats me. You know, like it's just like you know when you tell a kid and they know they're autistic. You know, they got to walk around with that label. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to walk around with being bipolar and 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 having PTSD and. And all this other crap. But yet, you know, I'm not causing any trouble. <laughs> I mean, I could. <laughs> but I don't want to. I don't want to. It's it's just that society, and, and it's like going back to this, the spectrum. I think we're just trying to gauge each other right uh-huh. now. Uh-huh. You know? And... And yes, um, we all have challenges, you know, some of us, they say all men are created equal and that, you know, men is men and women. Um, but the truth of the matter is we are all different and it's how we manage and cope with any mental illness or mental affliction, I think the best medicine is love. encouragement <laughs> and love. <Yes. laughs> encouragement and love and patience. Patience. You must have encouragement, love, and patience. And I, and I know that there's days when, you know, it's just a lot you know, um, for people with these certain afflictions, but you can get better and there are coping skills and there are coping, um, mechanisms, but there's also triggers. So you got to watch out for the triggers. Uh Uh, you got to recognize when the triggers are coming, especially, you know, autistic triggers. Oh yes, definitely. Uh, Yes. Noise, smells, um, fabric. Noise, smells. You know, even people. Something's out of place. Uh If something's out of place, and that goes into like OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, Uh you know, you you throw that one in there too, right? Exactly, uh huh. But um, what is normal? That's that's a good question, you know. That's what Robert was saying. You no, know? what's why the spectrum? You know, what, what why what is normal exactly? What is normal? I'll tell you what normal is. Someone the the pharmaceutical companies haven't gotten their hands on yet. Think about that for a minute. Hmm. You know how they view us? There's the diagnosed 
and the undiagnosed. Oh, okay. Because I'm going to tell you, a normal person can have the proverbial rug ripped out from under them, their whole life burned down, and go half crazy in the process, and the next thing you know, they're shoving pills down their throat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then everyone views them different, so they feel even worse, so they even get higher doses juice. Because they cannot, uh uh-huh. And what it is anymore, I think, is when we are supposed to be digging deep and taking care of each other. And sometimes we need help, absolutely, depending on the severity. We are hitting the easy button because we don't want to be inconvenienced. Because we live in a society of convenience. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and, and you, these people that think they're normal, they just want to live inside their comfort exactly. zone. Mm-hmm. And they're no longer equipped to be outside their comfort zone. And I would say that phase one of this psychological war was COVID. I agree. Uh Uh-huh. And I didn't take that damn vaccine, I'll tell you that much. No, I don't have it either. (laughs) My daughter and I, we didn't. I know what's in it. And it's... Everything, I gather all the information for autistic, it kind of do my own thing with her, you know, here in Mexico, in Baja. And that's how we eradicated most of the behaviors. But I, I, I need to know your Monica. first name. All right. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, we have these devices that allow us to reach out to one another. And I want to thank you for allowing me to connect and speak to someone that is a genuinely good human being, a good soul that you put on this planet with me so that we can talk about real matters that really matter. And that maybe it helps us both and that we find grace from you and we find strength from you and we find the way to carry on each and every day, one day at a time, with every sunrise, every sunset. And we will never give up. And we will never give up because you gave us Jesus Christ. And through his name, I pray to you and thank you so much for Monica and for being able to speak with her tonight. May you bless her and her child. May you ease her struggle. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. May I have your name? You're I don't know your first name. It's Thank Jeff. you, Jeff. I appreciate that prayer. Jeff, you want to hear something yes. funny? <laughs> well, during COVID, I lost my grandpa, but he didn't die during, he didn't die from COVID. He was too tough. But he was a World War II veteran. And he's the strongest man I've ever known. And a smart guy. And a very soft, genuinely loving man, too. I mean, like, no. I mean, like, he's the epitome of what a good man should be. And he, he went through so much in his life. So much. And I could always call him up, you know, and I, and I missed him. Anyway, you know, the, my last name's White, and there's so many Whites in America. <laughs> the last name White. Uh, right? Even in English classes in Mexico, they use the White a lot. <laughs> and the Jeff. <laughs> when, when they teach you English in Mexico, um, they use a lot the White name, the, the, the white last name, Mr. White. <laughs> Maya Espanol is Poquito. Poquito. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm learning. I'm learning. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, now. sorry to interrupt. <laughs> but anyway, he did our genealogy. He spent 15 years researching it. And before he died, I went over to see him. I went over to visit him, and he handed me the file, and I have it. And it's documented. I am a direct bloodline descendant of William White. Wow. Mm -hmm. From Wales in England. Wales, have you heard of Wales? Yes, uh-huh, uh-huh. The Welsh. Very ancient, ancient. Uh, anyway, William White was the instrumental person that rounded up the pilgrims that boarded the Mayflower and hit Plymouth Rock. And the first child born in the new world is of my bloodline. Wow. And... And I'm a seventh born first child son. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and here's the here's the thing. Uh-huh. I, I don't think I'm living up to it. <laughs> Why? Yet. Why do you think that? Well, I was doing really well and then I got that bipolar depression thing a few years back, about five years uh-huh. ago. And I had plenty of money in the bank and a nice house and everything. And I just sank into the abyss. 
So I took a handful of pills and washed it down with a fifth of vodka and woke up with a tube down my throat. Oh, my God. Yeah, with my mother and my brother and my wife standing in front of me. And I'm going to tell you something. You never want to wake up with a tube down your throat. It is the most uncomfortable thing you can I can, can imagine. imagine, yeah. Because it's the oxygen, your so, oxygen, your, your, your supply of air, you know, it's blocked. Oh, oh, geez. Uh, I, I just found out last year that they, they kept this hidden from me because they didn't want me to know. But my brother finally told me. He goes, do you know you were dead for five minutes? Oh, wow. They came out and said, They said that we lost him. We did everything we could. And then the nurse came running out and said, doctor, you got to come back in here. My heart just started beating him back on its own. <laughs> wow. And do you, do you, have you dreamt about that, those five minutes or any kind of a connection or on something that you remember of those Well, I didn't see a light. Okay. Um, um, I just, no, I don't want to ever go back where that place was. Okay. It wasn't hell with fire. It was cold and it was dark. Okay. And I You know, we measure time in seconds and minutes and hours, right? right? Uh-huh. But time is... It's... Uh, time can be bended, if you understand quantum yes. physics uh -huh. and quantum uh -huh. mechanics. So, who knows how long I was right, actually the, down there. Uh -huh. I understand what you're saying. When I came back, I gave up drinking. I became a Christian. And that was quite an experience. Wow. Oh, geez. This world is completely supernatural, let me uh -huh. tell you. And that happened five years ago. Just over okay. five years ago, yeah. And and I would never do it again. Ever. Ever. You've been off drinking, Jeff. Pardon? Uh, how long have you been uh, not drinking? Uh, right now, I'm at two years. Okay. Okay. I just wondering. I know a lot of people. Who, so I, I just like to ask when it's brought up. Well, it's just that drinking only drowned my pain, you know? And there's a lot of good joy in this world. It's just 
how you find a way to harness it and move forward from it. And it can be very, very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's been so many days I just wanted to go grab a bottle. But I know where it's going to, I know where it's going to end up. And then you have to start all over again. So it's already a, a path, you know, that you've been two years. It's, it's, it's good, you know, for the process. Yeah. And there's some, uh, there's something that I'm trying to accomplish right uh-huh. now. Um, I wrote a kid's book that I put in front of some prominent people, not any major publishers yet, but that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was tough times back then. And, uh, you know, everybody was like, Hey, it'll be okay. Hey, you know, and I'm like, no, it ain't. No, it ain't. And I shut down my operation and I helped my loan officers and my processors find places to go. And I, my lease was, was ready to be renewed. And I told them, I said, I'm done. So I took the last four loans I had home and I went to, because I had to pay child support on three kids and it was substantial. And anyway, I had my plants from my office that I brought home, but I would put them out in the summer because they would go gangbusters in the summer, you know, with they did better outside than they did in. But then you got to bring them in in the fall mm-hmm. before the frost, before it starts to freeze up here. And I remember it was late February. And, you know, by this point, you know, where we live, we're just like begging for spring. You know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's been a long, cold. You know, we're tired of ice and snow and gray skies and skeleton trees and it just gets depressing, you know? And I looked at, you know, I'm at my desk and my, I had a second living room that I converted into an office and I had one of my, those plants and I saw this little sprout Mm -hmm. and it was a little, a squirrel had buried an acorn in one of my house plants, <laughs> and, and, and and when they sprout, they have these beautiful little pinkish reddish leaves, right? Uh-huh. Now, some people might have just wanted to yank that out, but I let him grow. I let him grow till he was about six foot tall in the house. I would in every went you know summer and bring him in, and I uh. Threw my old phone out the window. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Did you back up the photos? Yeah. No. Oh, they're in the cloud. Okay, so you can you can find them in there. Oh, industry now in Mexico. It's, there's a lot of potential. 
There is, but, you know, there's a problem with lending right now. Uh-huh. Um, there- you still there? Yes, I'm here, here. Sorry. Yes, I'm here. I was thinking okay. about it because I was trying to think how much was the... I haven't checked the reserve. What were, What is the interest as of today? Have you checked it? I haven't checked. Oh, it's gone up a lot. Oh, wow. And they're, they keep raising it and rate. Well, see, the thing is, we, you know, that's how you, the, the measure that they've always used when inflation gets out of control, Mm -hmm. you know, how everything costs so much right now, Mm -hmm. that's known as inflation. Mm -hmm. They rate interest rates. And it it's supposed to drive inflation down. But we've printed our money into oblivion. So I don't, I don't see how raising, lowering, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. I really don't. Um, and the housing industry itself, basically, those that have money are going to do well. And if you need to borrow money, oh boy, hedge funds that are basically props by the CIA and the government. Mm-hmm. One of them's known as BlackRock. Okay. The other is Vanguard. I heard of Vanguard, yes. Uh huh. Yeah, they're evil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they're buying up everything. Uh oh. Yeah. So you're not you more. Said. You're not anymore a mortgage broker. You're not in the industry anymore, right? No. Okay. Okay. No. Um, I was trading cryptocurrency and doing quite well. Oh, okay. But right now, I just got nailed, and I'm down to about ten grand. That's it. Oh wow! That's all I got. Oh yeah, I'm broke as the Ten Commandments. Um, I got divorced last year. Okay. And I still love her, and she still loves me, but she's scared of me. It's just, she said I was different when I came back from the dead. Well, of course you're going to be different. We all change. (laughs) Well, it wasn't just a change. I mean, I needed help. And I went, I went to Christ, you know, and man, it put me on the floor in a fetal position. Jeez. Well, then I asked for, then we have, I, asked, I think we have someone in the chat that is saying that she made, that he makes, um, I don't know if it's she or he makes good little side income on stocks, and I also invest in real estate. 
so slightly disagree. If if I wanted to really get greedy, I could get back in the game, but I'm not sure I want to do that, Monica. Okay. Um, I think I want to just get this book published, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I got a guy I can go work construction for, and I don't. I, all I want right now is a modest house. I want to go get my dog out of. I get it. Rescue a dog out of a shelter, and just continue to write, and you know. Watch this world turn because there's a lot going on right now and I'm going to take note of it and I'm going to use an objective point of view. I'm not going to side with any political view. Exactly. I'm pretty much, a, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you know, they call it the left or the right. I always said come to the middle because that's where the truth is. And sometimes being in the middle, like I said before, and I think it's, it, it, I see in it in my life and everything, not only, you know, personal life, but, uh, I've seen in other, and I work for a lot of people and, and a lot of personalities. Staying in the middle, like you said, gives you a point of reference and that, that gives you a different perspective, you know, and, and sometimes we just need to stay there a little bit longer, you know, to, to understand. Well, then people will call you non-committal, like you won't commit to one side or the other, and that's not true. You get to you get to abstain from joining one side or the other because. Each side has some valid points, but each side has some very invalid points, and pretty much all of them are corrupt. So, uh, in the middle is where I believe the truth is, because that's where people can come together and then decide what's I mean, what's worth hanging on to and what's worth what we need to throw away? And when I mean throw away, I mean the garbage. And what we hold on to is our, you know, our humanity. Correct. I agree with you. I think that's, um, he wants to join. I think it's a he. Oh, I mean, I accepted the call. Let me see. Hi. Hello. Hello. Well, Thank you. Welcome. Thank you very much. 
Thank you. Uh, yeah, he, just in case. <laughs> uh, he, yes, thank you, I know it. <laughs> just in case my voice came across a bit different, <laughs> yes, it's definitely a he. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but thank you very much for um, inviting me. I do believe that um, I, I seen you on a different show the other day, I believe, uh, the Ralph Williams. Oh, no, yes, thing. that's right. Thank you, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, seen you on there. Um, but just, I, I'd like to just, join in there with regards to uh, where we are right now. And I think the gentleman who just spoke is correct in the sense of sometimes you have to take a step back in order to observe. And I always believe in reflection. You have no direction. So it's very important that everybody reflects because otherwise you have no idea what you're doing. And I believe that at the moment, today's society, although it pains me to say it, but okay, it's true, and being a psychiatrist and uh, work-life coach, working with many different personalities and the homeless uh, and children and things like that, what I'm noticing is that if you believe in something, whether it's, let's say, the left road, or you believe in the right road, or you believe in the north road, whatever road it is, automatically, if you sit on the fence, or you question anything that they're saying, straight away you're, you hate them, and hate is such a strong word, and... Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, TIK Radio community, today's episode is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Because taking care of your mental health is just as important as hitting the gym. Starting therapy can be challenging and that's why BetterHelp is here to make it easier for you. Whether you prefer phone calls, video chats or messaging, BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist tailored to your comfort. With over 30,000 therapists in their network, you'll have access to a diverse range of expertise. Right at your fingertips. Just fill out a quick questionnaire, and in most cases, you'll be matched with your therapist within 48 hours. And what's great? Well, you can schedule sessions at your convenience, and if your first match doesn't feel quite right, no worries. Switch to a new therapist and no additional cost. Join the 4 million people who've taken a step towards a healthier, happier life with BetterHelp. Visit www.betterhelp.com slash TIK Radio. And as a special offer for our TIK Radio listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month of therapy. Remember, your mental well-being matters. Thanks to BetterHelp for supporting TIK Radio and Mental Matter on TIK Radio. 